my beautiful souls, welcome to Humanity Feels. I'm your host, Yasmin Elzamore. This is a space where healing and conscious conversations happen and where controversy meets compassion. Join me on this journey as I dive into the underworld of relationships, sex, spirituality, mental health, and all the things that make us human. You'll also hear stories and practical advice from some of the most powerful coaches, leaders, truth seekers, and spiritual entrepreneurs in the game. With every episode, my mission is to empower you, help you shatter limitations that don't serve you, and inspire you to evolve and expand your mind. So let's heal, break patterns, shift paradigms, challenge the status quo, and rise together. Hi, my loves. Welcome to another week of Humanity Feels. I'm super excited for this week's episode, you guys. I have a very sweet friend on for this episode. Her name is Danielle Nicole Prizer, and she is an absolute source and force of resilience and compassion. Just wait until you hear the story this, this woman has to share with you guys. It is so inspirational and just so badass, and she's just an overall amazing human being. She embodies true heart, and Danielle is a certified trauma-informed mastery level life coach. Uh, she's a motivational speaker, an international best-selling author, and a meditation instructor. And she's also the president and founder of One Special World, which is a nonprofit for special needs advocacy. And her mission is really to inspire huge-hearted souls to prioritize their needs, own their power, and share their gifts. She believes it is in enough service for us to pour love into ourselves, which then ripples and elevates this world in abundant overflow. She had a seven and a half year medical mystery, guys, and she's had near-death experiences and has experienced the edges of physical and mental health. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode, to hear her story, um, and to connect with her, and I just hope you guys really, really enjoy it. Hello, pretty lady. Welcome, welcome to Humanity Fields. Hello, gorgeous. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, truly. I'm so excited. I'm super excited to chat with you today, my love. You are an absolute warrior, an absolute warrior, an absolute goddess. I mean, I, I know part of your story, and this is exactly why I wanted to bring you on, because I know, you know what you're capable of. I know your power. I've seen it, and you act on it every single day. I follow you and your stuff on social media. And I just respect you so much. And I look up to you in so many different ways. And mm. I'm super excited to dive deep today because we're going to dive really deep. <laughs> yeah, we're going into the deep, dark end. Yes, and we are. <laughs> so much. First, I just want to, I say I received that, right? I'm working on receiving. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And truly, I see that in you. And what a sacred space to be mirrors with one another and look at you and say, what a goddess, what a warrior. What a divine inspiration who one day we're going to speak on stage together and be like, oh my gosh, that's me too. Like, absolutely. yes, absolutely. I so see it happening. I've, I've already like visualized it. In the quantum field. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we're having it manifest in the physical. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. From our New Yorkers, we'll explain that to you on another day. <laughs> I can't. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a good audience for my cheesy humor. <laughs> That's good. This is why we're so wrong. I know. I forget about it. Cheesy. Um, right? 
exactly exactly you need it i mean honey when we're going this deep we need to laugh exactly yeah. we gotta bring the light yeah 100 percent, and that's what we're doing exactly love exactly perfection so before we get started and we dive into that why don't you share a little bit of your story and how you got started and you know like just what you do today and all that juicy stuff Beautiful. So hello world. My name is Danielle Nicole Prizer. And first and foremost, I'm a soul. I'm a human, just like anyone who's listening. I've had days that were magnificent. I've had days where I've cried. I've had moments which we'll go into where I really didn't want to be so tenderly on planet Earth. And in that experience of my humanity, I really believe I'm here to help heal, inspire, and impact this world and have others see that they do the same and that all of that happens inside out. And from a very, very young age, I was divinely put into a family where there was so much love and a lot of chaos, a lot, a lot of chaos. And, um, you know, little me didn't understand what was going on and she developed different patterns and techniques to keep herself safe. And my brother is my angel. He has something very similar to autism. He's older yet younger at the same time. And both my parents, one of my parents has now transitioned above and both my parents have had really, really significant human experiences that have caused them to use very human behaviors to do the best they can. Mm -hmm. And I think as a little girl, you know, we love our caregivers or caregiver or we're programmed to love them. I really do love them. They're amazing. And, you know, what they do or what they say, I took at face value. And I was like, okay, like this is wrong with me or this is right with me. And I was raised in a yellow house that was so sunny, right, on the outside. We were all like a smiley family. And inside, everything was broken. No one was allowed in. And I held so many secrets. And when I was 15 years old, I woke up paralyzed. And it woke me up, like, to what the heck is going on. And then I had an organ die and organ removed. And that basically, very symbolically, it's my large intestine, which literally, for those who are not poop fans, here we are, (laughs) it holds your poop, right? And it was filled with garbage and it would not move. It was paralyzed. And it really, to me, is the truth that I was holding so many secrets, not sharing, not showing anything. So much so to the point that I had the organ removed and my life began to change, where I began to advocate for my needs. I moved out at a young age. I really stepped into who am I? What do I need? What do I want? How can I still be a loving daughter and mother myself and father myself and still love and respect the people I come from and the lineage I come from? And, you know, it took me a long time to take ownership of my part as well not gonna lie right we love to point that finger right yeah or i'll speak for myself i love to to point the finger and i did it you know gently in the sense that i i'm not a loud person though i am loud in like group settings and parties like i love to chat and be present but in confrontation i usually coil i'm usually quiet that's my trauma response that's my old story anyway now i have healthy and safe communication um And so anyway, I would say that it took the darkest night of my soul to reconnect me to 
my home, my body, my family, my heart, my soul, my mission. And my mission is truly to work with people who are the huge hearts, who are the empaths, who are the caregivers, who so readily and lovingly want to help everyone else that sometimes they forget to take care of themselves because my truth has shown me that when I started to take care of myself, I healed a medical anomaly that the top doctors couldn't even diagnose. I started a booming business. I, you know, was able to fall in love. And now, you know, that partner and I are no longer together, but he's so beautiful and a beautiful chapter of my life. Like that's really when the magic happened for me because I wasn't pouring from a cracked cup. I was pouring from this full, like delicious bath of holy water of love that I was swimming in that then I could gift out. And yes, so I guess we can go into the dark night of how we got to the luscious love. Yes. Yes. Wow, my love. That was, man, I got chills halfway through Mm -hmm. because I'm just like listening to how you were able to move through that darkest point in your life, a point where you just, like you said before, you didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced those same emotions mm-hmm. as you have where I'm like, oh my God, like, will this ever end? And Is this, like, ever going to get like, am I ever going to get out? Am I ever going to see the light again? And the truth mm-hmm. is that we do, you know, we, yes. see it. we just don't realize it when we're in the middle of it, right? A hundred percent. Yes, exactly. So like fearful and, all the emotions and it just doesn't see any other option, you know, because mm-hmm. we're so overwhelmed with emotion. But then once we move past that and we, we really look at, you know, the other side of that, that story of that situation, we realize like, wow, I can, I made it or I can really do it. You know, right. I did it. Right. Yes. I love, I love that. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I will say for somebody that has had significant physical and also I had a shorter, but a significant mental health journey, right. the amount of strength it takes to continue to be here when our mind and our heart says elsewise, I just want to say to any listener who's listening to this right now, if you are in a space where you don't know if you want to be here or you're having suicidal ideation or attempting or whatever it be, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And there is nothing harder than the battles we face internally. And if I could look myself in the eyes when I was in such darkness and just like really say to Danny, like, you're doing it and I'm proud of you and I love you and I know it's not easy. And I know you can't see this now, but there's something there that's better, that's waiting. Yes. And it's like, there is no amount of pain that I've ever been in in my life, getting an organ removed, being paralyzed, all these things that have ever equated to the pain of the dark night of my soul. Preach. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, honey, what is this? Absolutely. Mm. Oh my goodness. Yes. Totally, totally relate to that in so many ways. And, you know, it's just, it's, it really is such a painful emotion, such a painful process that we don't even, it's so complex that we don't even understand it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and others around us don't even understand it if they've never gone through it either. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Only those who have walked through that specific fire know what it means to go through a dark night and even then you still have to walk it alone alone right there's no one that can do it for us 
and and it's actually in and of service to us but we don't necessarily know that in the moment and something i know you know but one of my coaching packages is called metamorphosis and essentially it's about a little girl who sees a butterfly in its cocoon and it's tight and it's dark and it's painful and the butterfly is trying to get out trying to get out trying to get out and the little girl like us has huge hearts right empath wants to help the butterfly so she goes over and she cuts the cocoon thinking she's being of support and service but what she and the butterfly did not know were that in order for the butterfly to fly it needs to use the fluid from its heart into its wings to push out so that it goes into its wings the fluid from its heart to its wings and then it can fly but because it didn't push through the fluid doesn't move and it has broken wings and it's like it's not in service to journey for someone else however it is so in service to journey for ourselves and then we can fly and our wings can draft and inspire and hold and motivate but if i try to journey for somebody i end up breaking their wings and then i get depleted and break my wings along the way 100 100 that's why it's so important when we go through these phases to really try to tap into that inner strength that inner power that we all possess you know we mm -hmm. all have that ability to be resilient and to like move through it you know we as mm -hmm. humans are i mean we've seen these past two years how resilient we truly are and how we can move through like the craziest events, you know, that can hit Wild. us right. And it's just, it's hard. And then that doesn't take away from like right. the pain and the difficulty, but mm -hmm. it's so powerful to know that we have that within and we could reach it at any point. I love that. And, you know, we're standing here today, right? In 2022, thinking of how many ancestors have held my back right of how many people have survived survival of the fittest for me to be sitting in this chair talking to, to you today it's in my blood it's in your blood it's in our blood and i think that that's something to recognize too and i will say in the dark night of my soul i was really unable to receive a lot of these messages in that time like I wasn't able to have the you know positive and loving self-talk I wasn't able to hear that everything happens for a reason I felt like it was just bypassing and toxic to me at least in those moments and I think something I've learned now that I've gotten to the other side is that reliving my trauma in that darkness as painful as it was like shattering right like open heart surgery on the table no anesthetic and no clue when it's going to end painful wow. yeah we're talking huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right but what i didn't know then was that by reliving all that i had repressed right because there's resilience and there's repression and i will say resilience is one of the core pieces of my chart of who i be and repression was also a big part of me too yeah. so what I had repressed, all of that junk, 25 years of junk, right? And 25 years of magic too. There were great things that happened there. This is not to negate that. Separately, all the stuff I had repressed coming to the surface. I mean, I was living alone and felt as though I were literally losing my mind. Like I was punching the air. I was screaming. I was crying. I'm praying on bathroom floors and kitchen right. floors. And I had the whole house to my set. Like I was in this, renting this house, whatever. Um, and I was like, literally like, where is Danny? Like, where is my light? Where is my motivation? Where is my impact? Where is my mission? Like, I felt I was in a black vortex and I was just sinking deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And as much as I could try to grasp up, 
I would go down and I was covered in blankets and tears and fears and not leaving the house except like once a week to get groceries and fill my gas tank. I wasn't working at the time. And basically I didn't realize that by reliving my trauma, I was also relieving my trauma and clearing my channel and clearing my vessel and vehicle. And I guess I'll backtrack a little bit to orient people to what my dark night looked like. So essentially, I had just finished solo traveling. I was traveling on and off for eight months. I was pretty steadily six and a half, seven months traveling in India for four and a half months, Indonesia, Argentina, all these places, whatever. And I had shaved my head. I had owned that I was physically healthy again. I had a seven and a half year medical mystery. I was coming back into my body, into my sexuality, into connection with this vessel. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, trauma's gone, shave the head, great. New then me. I ran. Yeah. <laughs> then I came back to ground. And essentially I had this like weird inclination while I was traveling. It was July and I was supposed to go to Thailand. This is July, 2019. I was supposed to go to Thailand and then I was going to meet my lover in Argentina and we wanted to move to California together. La la beautiful fairy tale galloping on horses, literally on his childhood farm. Yeah, literally like Nicholas Sparks 101. And so anyway, I'm supposed to go to Thailand. I have like the flight booked, whatever. And there's just something inside of me that's like, you need to go check on dad in New York. And I was like, that's weird. And at the time, you know, I wasn't living at my childhood home. I had moved out at a young age, but I had another family that had kind of taken me in. And when I would visit, it was like, they were like my Long Island hotel. Right. And so I asked them if I could come stay and they said, okay. And I came and I checked in on my dad and he was not doing well. He had a lot of things going on in his own life. And I sat and there was something that told me, and I don't know if it's God, spirit, universe, my intuition, Danielle Nicole Prizer, he's about to die. And I sat with this, like this voice, this energy. And I was like, okay, like, can I go to Argentina? Cause I had a flight book for Argentina and it said, yes, but you can't stay long. And my dear partner at the time, you know, every day I'm coming, I'm not, I was in New York for three weeks. I'm coming, I'm not coming, I'm coming, I'm not coming. Like, oh, oh God, right? And he was great. He was so great. And he, oh, he oh, was like the only one that didn't think I was like cuckoo looney tunes. Everyone else like, what the heck are you talking about, right? Um, and so I had booked insurance on the flight. Yeah. But anyway, I ended up going. And then again, when I was there, I mean, we were only together for like, I want to say two weeks in Argentina. And I wanted to extend because I felt like this was coming. And I sat with the voice again. And the voice said, you can extend, but only for five days. And I was like, what the heck? And when you love someone, you're like, five days, honey, roll it out, right? Like, okay, right, yeah. And I was also thinking, you know, eventually we're going to move to California together, but right. yeah, okay. So I extend, I get back to New York. My dad had routine um, checkups because he used to have uh, cancer, liver cancer, and he had routine scans every three months. Not a big deal, right? right. He got back the results that day that I returned that he had cancer again. And I knew, I knew, I knew. And then I was like, okay, like it's happening, Danny. Like he's about to die. And I was supposed to go back to California. And instead I went back to California, literally gave away all my stuff, shipped my car, went to like the family I used to live with's house for a few weeks. 
and five and a half weeks later he died. And he died of a different cause. He had like a stroke and hit his head and it was super traumatic and, you know, may he rest in peace. And, but it was like, I knew, I knew, I knew. I was literally prematurely grieving. It's called anticipatory grief. I was crying as if he were dead. And my family was like, first of all, this man has had a hundred lives. Like forget about like nine cat lives, whatever, like hundreds of lives, wild, wild life. Okay. And so nobody thought it. They were like, what are you doing? Like, you should be working. Like, you know, I'm overachiever, people pleaser, like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, I can't work. My dad is about to die. And like the family I used to live with was like, you can't stay here when you're 25 and you got to work, honey. And I was yeah. like, no, you don't understand. Like, oh, he's yeah. about to die. And, and then like, he ended up going. Out. Yeah. And then, I mean, two and a half weeks later from that, he was on a ventilator and then he passed and wild and that was really um the shattering open of my dark night and at this point i felt like i didn't have a safe place to live i didn't really feel comfortable living at the family's home i feared who was going to take care of my mom and brother i feared finances for my family i had always you know provided for myself but he you know was the provider for their unit and and just every every experience of my life came back and basically i was gifted from the universe the opportunity to live in this elderly woman's home for free wow. and yeah i mean what a gorgeous offering right like it was like five months four and a half five months and I basically so i know so divine so grateful um and her home was so beautiful. And it was also like a dollhouse. Like everything was fine China. I was in an elderly community. So I had to like hide that I was there. I wasn't supposed to be there. I couldn't have people over. And I just, I was shrinking as I'm tiptoeing around the house, not having people over, not working, which is the antithesis of former Danielle McCall Prizer, like workaholic galore. Um, and nobody was there. So nobody saw and every day I got deeper and darker and deeper and darker and yeah. deeper and darker. And then after one episode throughout the night, which was happening prior to this, where I was screaming and crying and hitting pillows and punching the air and not even praying anymore because I didn't know what was up there. I wanted to feel my dad. I didn't feel my dad right. I was speaking with one of my best friends in the morning and I like told her I was up all night and doing this and thank God, you know, for people like this in my life. And she was like, Danny, like, what do you think of medication? Um, and, you know, I had always been like, oh, my baseline is joy, happiness. I don't need medication, but anyone can have medication. I don't have a stereotype. Meanwhile, I had a stereotype when it came to me. Uh-huh. And yeah. And so anyway, like a stigma and I ended up getting off the phone with her where I was still in a very hyper aroused state and I took myself to an emergency walk-in clinic. And I remember walking in the doors and it was like hospitals had a big trigger for me with all of my health conditions and being alone in the hospital and feeling like people didn't understand. Every single life experience had been re-experienced in those five, five or so months. Um, and I went on medication. And then two weeks later, I was supposed to move back to California. I had a job set up. I had rent set up. I had the route set up. My car was packed March 16, 2020. Lockdown. 
yeah bottle pop and then it's like oh my god again where am I gonna live what am I gonna do I ended up going back to my childhood home for more or less like in eight to ten years I probably spent like 20 minutes in there and then I lived there for over a year and I took care of my you know mom and brother and it was the most medicinal healing alchemizing experience and it literally proved to me how as above so below and as below so above because when I say I was so low like so low to the point that I didn't even have the energy to think of how I wanted to potentially in my life like it was just I had no energy no hope no light and I felt like I was always the one that was holding I was always the one that people went to that I couldn't lean on people and then I did feel as though the people that I was used to leaning on weren't weren't there in that moment and I know everyone does the best they can this is not to shame blame anyone and separately I felt like literally I was in an island and there was nobody within reach within call and I have beautiful friends and I have beautiful family I just so deep under so deep under that I couldn't I couldn't see it I couldn't feel it I couldn't hear it um and I think for me, the way out of my dark night was first of all through and also literally sitting in my trauma vortex, sitting in my house, sitting in front of my mom. And I mean, my brother's my angel. My mom is my angel too. And just being like, okay, like this is what you worked for. This is what you cleared for. Yeah. And, and now I would say to people who are listening, like, I love my life. I really, really do. I'm literally in California in sunshine and palm trees. And I'm looking at my best friend who's my roommate's dog. And I just love my clients. And I'm birthing a group course that's my life's work. Like, just, yes, it gets so good. Yes, it does. It does. It does. And I could not see it. But now I'm living it. So beautiful. Thank <laughs> like, you. Thank you. Crying. That was amazing. Thank you. Wow. Yes. Yes. Uh, to everything you said, I mean, to be honest, I feel so seen right now because yeah. you know, with my dark night, that mm-hmm. second one, the second major one that I went through was last year. Mm-hmm. And I felt the same exact emotions that you felt. It was all about my trauma, like literally everything that's happened to me the last like 28 years, like what is all of this? <laughs> my fears, my insecurities, yes, you know, yes. everything, everything, all the subconscious wounds that we've carried. Mm-hmm. So I felt that, I felt that so deeply and mm-hmm. that like that vortex of like this void, it felt mm-hmm. like a void of like nothingness. A hundred percent void of like there's no point why exactly. am I here you know it, mm-hmm. it is an existential crisis it's a, 100%. a very deep existential crisis and a lot of people don't want to hear that you need to sit in it and you need to experience it because of course it's hard who wants to sit in their brain right. you know right but it's the only way out it really a hundred percent and I actually read something that I think subconsciously maybe even consciously really pushed me through in that or pulled me through rather um this is a trigger warning for people who are in suicidal states and or who have lost somebody to suicide so if you don't want to listen to this that's fine 
separately. So it's called Journey of Souls. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I believe the author's name was Michael Newton. And essentially, he's a psychologist and he used to be an atheist. And he noticed that a lot of his patients weren't telling the truth. And he was like, okay, how can I, you know, learn how to get them to tell the truth so that they can better heal as well. And he learned hypnotherapy and basically would put them under hypnotherapy. And every single client said the same story of what happens after. Like there's this rainbow bridge and a spirit guide and orientation and soul groups and embarkation and we choose the bodies. And anyway, through this though, I started to, some of the book, I was like, this is like a novel, right? And other parts, I was like, oh my gosh. And one of the things that said in there was that if I were to choose, or I don't even know if it's choice, because I think we're just so in a different state. I don't have the proper verbiage. If I were to, to succumb to suicide, um, I would have to come back and do it all over again. And when I read that, I could cry right now. And I was just like, wow, I am in so much pain. I have been through so much pain. Like, I mean, to get an organ removed, right? Like physical pain and mental and emotional pain and witnessing other people's pain and having such huge hearts where I really care, like I really care. Um, I was like, I cannot do this again. So I was like, Danielle Nicole Brezzi, you are not pulling the trigger on me. Like we gotta think of something else. And literally, right. And I was like, wow, wow. Right. And I think that, you know, what a blessing that was to read that in that time, because I truly believe that statement is one of the reasons why I'm here today. And if somebody's listening and has lost somebody to suicide, this is not a truth. I am not a guru. I do not know if this is true. This was just something that allowed me to hold on. And I do think that everything takes its course. And I don't even want to say everything is meant to be because I think it points in my journey that was so, 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 so painful to hear. Um, but if somebody lost somebody to suicide and they're listening to this, like that may not be true. That was just something that helped me through. And, you know, it just woke me up. I was like, okay, Tani, like, do you realize I'm going to curse? What a fucking fighter you are. Do you realize what fucking amazing things have happened? Like you traveled the world. People don't get to do that. You lived in California. You fell in love. Like you had beautiful things. You have beautiful parents. You have beautiful brother. Like my brother, literally, if you were to tell me the definition of love, it is how I feel for my brother. He is my angel. Yeah, he's at my desk. I know people are listening. They can't see, but you can see him. I have my whole family here. My mom's here. My dad's here. Everyone's here. Um, yeah, everyone's here. Party. And so anyway, but and you've been through a ton of shit. And I think, you know, it's also not to compare trauma because I think that sometimes I'm like, oh, but, you know, people have experienced murder or they, you know, have dire, 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 dire poverty. And even though money was tight, like we had food and And it's like, no, Danny, like you grew up in a household where everyone had different diagnoses that prevented them from seeing truth and you were finding your truth and it was scary and it was dark and it was isolating and you tried your best to pretend nothing was wrong and your body was trying to lovingly work for you, not against you and trying to wake you up as an alarm clock. Um, And that like whole understanding of like, I didn't do all of this for nothing, even if the something is to just enjoy life, right? Like, why do we do this work? Why am I a coach? I started coaching when I was 19 and then I came back into the space 26. And it's like, 
we do this work to live our best lives, not to like just hysterically cry in the corner every day. Like exactly. it's part of it, part of it, but like, that's why we do it. Right. Yes. And it's like, you did so much, so much. Can you gift yourself the time to just see the fruits of your labor? Can you gift yourself the time to just see what happens? What happens when we walk through darkness, we find light. And that's why like I, um, I wrote just a chapter in a book. It sounds very fancy, international bestseller. I think it's just because there are a lot of people in the book and like we're all from different countries, uh, but it's intuitive. Uh, knowing her truth, it's over here. This is my book. Oh. And so anyway, but my chapter is through darkness, we find true light. Beautiful. And Beautiful. It, it's 100% true in my experience and my truth and like, I intuitively knew what was going to happen and I did not know that the destruction, the utmost destruction part of my life was also the birth of creation of what is yet to come, right? Mm, and yes, <laughs> yes. And for anyone who reads the book, I'm going to say this for my ego. Um, I wrote the chapter when I had COVID and I'm really hypercritical of my writing. And like my love part is just like, oh, sweet Danny, you're fine. It's beautiful. Like it's the message. It's not the linguistics, oh God, you know? I I okay. Yeah, I can send it to you. But um, so anyway, that's, yeah, that's that. But Yes. And I don't know if you feel safe, Sharon, but I would love to hear about your oh experience. Oh my gosh, more. absolutely, my love. I mean, like, like I said, I feel so seen because, mm -hmm. you know, my dark nights have, it's interesting, mine has started more so with an internal catalyst. Like mm -hmm. mine, anytime someone asks me like, oh, like, was there something that triggered it? Usually something triggers right. it, the breakup, the death of someone. Right. Right? And I, I'm always like, no, I just had a panic attack that spirals me <laughs> into this existential crisis. I swear, the two times I had my major, you know, I feel like I go through death and rebirth pretty constantly. Mm -hmm. When I Same. Mm -hmm. go through ebbs and flows and we're constantly in, in transformation mode. Mm -hmm. The two biggest dark nights, like my first one happened at 21. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that was really my catalyst into doing mm -hmm. inner work and, you know, getting into spirituality and all that. And it literally, I mean, I was in a place where, yeah, of course, externally, I wasn't happy. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't in my purpose. I was making a lot of money at the time, working three different jobs, working in fashion, but clearly there was no purpose there. It wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship that didn't feel healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really seen in that relationship. I didn't have friendships that saw me for who I was. There was a lot of competition, a lot of jealousy, like mm -hmm. in there. And it was just like my whole you know, my whole life kind of felt like, what am I even doing? You know, mm -hmm, like it's kind mm -hmm. of one of those questions. And I mean, honestly, if I don't go through these things, I would probably stay in my misery because I know right. my, you know, I mm -hmm. need to push. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I, I one night was just watching a movie and I had a spontaneous panic attack that I, I don't normally have panic attacks, right? So mm -hmm. that was weird. It was a very, you know, out of, out of the blue, very intense and um, very out of body. And then I was like, that's strange. Like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. you know? And I knew I was like, okay, maybe I'm not healthy physically. I need to go get checked. Of course, that's the first thing you think about. The right. Body, right? You don't really, <laughs> especially because I wasn't aware of the spiritual side mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. Although mm -hmm. I was always very intuitive and I was yes. always very aware. I, was just, I just didn't know. Didn't it. have the words, right. Exactly, didn't have the words, didn't have like, <laughs> you know, I feel it was a dark night of the soul. <laughs> 
but you know, like from that point forward, like that was life changing because it was, it was that, that forced me to look at my traumas and like Mm. my ancestral trauma stuff from my family, my childhood, all of that. And, you know, like you, I grew up in a household where there were no boundaries and it Mm -hmm. it was chaotic in emotional ways, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we were all very connected. I love my family to death. Like Mm -hmm. they are like my, 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 my driving, you know, like they're just amazing. I have an incredible brother who pushes me and, and motivates me every single day. And, you know, like I didn't have issues with that, but I think a lot of it was more so like deeper ancestral family secrets, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. wouldn't come to surface, but I would know and I would feel yeah. my body mm-hmm. as sponges that we are. And it's almost like all of this started to come up and I was just like, oh my God, it's time to face it. I knew that I had to face it. I knew that I could no longer repress it or just, you know, keep working or keep myself distracted for so long. And I started getting into shadow work and internal work and, you know, kind of doing different things and getting out of my comfort zone finally, right? Not staying in this box that I always knew was my safety net, you know, Mm -hmm. I finally got out and through my dark night is when I started to lose everything around me. Mm. So it's almost like for me, it was the opposite. It was almost dark night first and then we lose. (laughs) Well, I lost everything during that dark night too. I'll tell you that. Like I had more friendship breakups than I've ever had in my whole life. I've had more letting go of people I considered family. I've had more letting go of, you know, those I wasn't with my, you know, ex anymore, but you know, the you know, people you've dated that kind of come back into your field. And I'm like, honey, I wish you the best, but no, like I just set boundaries, but also then I felt like I was creating this abandonment story that I so much felt and feared, you know, but yes, I hear you. Dark night tends to quake and shatter everything around us, you know? Exactly. And it's like, to me, it doesn't even matter which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Like, <laughs> it happens all together. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt as though I were bleeding pain and anyone that would come near me, I would bleed on them. So I didn't want to share that. I didn't want, you know, people so beautifully have, you know, witnessed, I think me as the light. Right. And I even remember I went for coffee one of the people that I, you know, lovingly have let go of. And she said to me, she was like, Danny, like, this is not Danny. Like, where is your light? And she meant it and like, not empowering, but like, I think to try to extract that, like it wasn't to hurt me, but I was so broken or seemingly felt broken. Right. I wasn't broken, but I was breaking open in that moment that it was super painful to hear that. But and then that perpetuated, oh, I'm going to bleed on people. Oh, I can't reach out to people. Oh, okay, stay alone. Yes. And it gets darker and deeper and darker and deeper. And I think, you know, I think part of understanding, even getting to be older, you know, if we're in romantic relationships or we break up at times, right? Not always, but sometimes we break up and that's normalized. Like, you know, or not you, I'll speak for myself. I know entering a relationship that there's the potentiality that this partnership may not be. Right. However, when it comes to friendships or childhood friends or friends we've been friends with for years, for decades, it's at least in my understanding, this conscious or subconscious thing that like it's forever. Right. And then you listen to the radio forever, forever. I mean, they also talk about partnerships. Like he's my other half. He's not my other half, honey. We are two holes. Yeah. Like this is not a broken marriage. This is, I mean, I'm not married at all. And one day (laughs) one marriage and baby carriage, but not yet. Um, But it's like, 
that's that's the excitement of it, you know? And I think that when it comes to friendships, understanding that people are going to come in and out of our lives and that's going to hurt and there's going to be grief with that, but it's okay. And it makes space for other people to come in in new ways. And it's like, you know, now I'm in California, I'm reconnecting with my old friends. I used to live here, I just moved back and I have spaciousness and I still get to foster and nurture my deep and beautiful connections that are in New York and across the world from travels. And I just started dating someone and like, there's just space, there's space energetic space you can't have the the right people in your life if you're holding on to the things that don't serve you or don't resonate right. exactly that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the people that you're around it just means that there's no you know free there's no mm-hmm. vibrational resonance there and that's really what it is that's what mm-hmm. it comes down to is like mm-hmm. you grow and you, you start to carry more light Mm-hmm. And people in your life, if they're not growing at that same pace, like depending on how fast you grow, and I know we're, mm-hmm. we're both very expansive, it's it's hard, you know. And then you you start to feel like you're pulling them. They right. it's feel unfair to them, also. Right. They don't want to be changed. No one wants. No, no one wants right. to, be to grow and out of their shell. And this is a very individual process. I always say mm-hmm. that dark night is so individual and hundred percent for individual. It's like each person experiences it at their time. And mm-hmm. way. And right. we allow that, you know? Exactly. And it's it's completely inside of us. Like even if it's triggered by the external, it's like they're knocking on the door, but it was already inside of us. And now the door is opening within us. And when it's inside of us, there is nobody that can take that away. And I think for me, hearing that during that time and space would be so painful. But in this moment, it built my somatic body. It built my heart. There, I don't. I don't want to speak this because maybe I'll speak it. Um, I don't think I will ever, ever be in that much pain again in my life. I truly don't. And I think I built the tools, the body, the mindset, the nervous system, the safety that like, I can take care of you, Danny, and you're going to be okay no matter what happens. Because my greatest fear was my dad's passing. He had health stuff and what that meant for the rest of our family and stuff. And if I could hold everyone physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, and do my life's work. And it happened. My greatest fear happened. My greatest darkness happened. And I'm in so much light. And life is not perfect, right? Like I think that people who are listening to this, I want you to know that I am so grateful, so excited, so in light in California and there's also stuff going on back home and there's also stuff that I can't take care of right now that I feel guilty about and I know that logically I don't need to feel guilty but emotionally I do and I just accept that I don't need to tuck myself out of it and I know it's in enough service for me to fly my wings to take care of my mission because my mission will hold my mom and my brother my mission will hold so much more than I can even imagine separately if I try to hold that aspect now right but then I end up hurting later and then everyone's hurting 
And it's like, so I think sometimes at least in my truth, you know, I'll scroll Instagram and there's all these positive quotes and sunshine pictures and like, oh, life's dandy. And I have those, but also my Instagram is not a highlight reel. And then I also have, you know, the truth and the truth sometimes is the light and the truth sometimes is dark because there is no darkness without light. There is no light without darkness, no creation without birth. I mean, no creation or birth without death. Yeah. and no death without birth it's like imagine if every single thing that was ever birthed is still alive today we wouldn't be here there needs to be death in order for there to be birth creation and beauty and love and so yeah thank you but so anyway i see you and i'm so proud of you thank you angel yeah so it's, it's you. you know it's such a process yes. like you said before we need to allow ourselves to feel it exactly allow ourselves to really sit in it and to accept that this mm-hmm. is part of it and we might not see what's on the other side yet but we will get there mm-hmm. we will see the the light again we will feel that joy and that happiness and that gratitude i think right. part of what i feel now after going through both my dark nights is you know this sense of wow i made it through you know and i feel gratitude for happiness for little things that I didn't see before my dark night. I love that. Uh, same. I'm walking in like every single flower. I want to stop and like talk to the flower. And my friends are like, okay, Danny, come on now. I'm like, but it's so beautiful. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> we know what death looks yeah, like right. on some right. level, you know. Right. And then when we see life. Exactly. Exactly. When 100%. we see feels expansive and we want to we want to really like sit in that you know we just like we sit in the pain we want to sit in the joy as well Mm. you know yes i love that a hundred percent and do you think it would be supportive for your audience maybe if we went into ways to move through the dark night absolutely yes yes my love if you have any tools that you used or Mm -hmm. anything that you feel helped you during the time please please share that Absolutely. So I think what you had referred back or said back to me, acceptance, right? And acceptance is not, I like this. Acceptance is not, I want more of this. Acceptance is it's raining outside, period. It is what it is, period, without adding more to it. I am feeling sad, period. I feel like I'm in darkness, period. And just accepting that and saying, like, how can I support you? Because I think during that time, you know, I wanted to resist. I didn't want to feel that way. And what we resist persists and it gets louder because it's a visitor that wants to be seen, heard, and loved. And if we're not looking at it, it's going to get louder and stronger. And, you know, I think media tell us, let's say like I saw little Danny crying in the corner. Media say, go up to little Danny, look at her, you know, hold her hands and say, oh, sweetie, it's okay. It's okay. You don't need to cry. Nothing's wrong innocent but ineffective because Danny's upset and now little Danny thinks oh I'm wrong for feeling this way I shouldn't feel this way there's nothing wrong and we start to repress and gaslight our own emotions and so I think it's the antithesis of that it's not saying nothing's wrong I shouldn't be feeling this way why can't I just be positive let me change my mindset it's saying this is it is there something supportive I can do right now and if I don't have the energy can I accept that so I think acceptance is huge definitely for me was building my team. So I have a therapist who I've seen on and off for nine years. Sometimes I see her three times a year. Sometimes I see her once a week, you know, it depends. I have multiple coaches. I've been in groups courses. I've been in tons of coaching courses and certifications, but this is more holding. I'm not really talking about learning. I'm talking about more receiving support. 
And I also actually did a 12-step program called Codependence Anonymous. And for people who are listening and don't necessarily know what codependency is, in my truth, it's the shadow side of the empath. It's somebody who wants to give so much, but also feels uncomfortable when others are in pain and thinks that they need to overdo, overgive, take care of people, help feel, fix, save in order to be enough. And there's an innocent heart to it. And there's an innocent manipulation to it, right? Like people pleasing so that you think of me a certain way and I definitely had a lot of those patterns and characteristics and now I mean cumulatively I would say the therapist the coaches the coda which is codependence anonymous my closest and deepest connections which I finally let people see me cry like "Mm, that's a big one mm, yes right yes that's the biggest a hundred percent a hundred percent and then for me it was facing the trauma head-on it's like what is it that you're running from what is it that you really really fear and even if it's within the window of tolerance right not everyone needs to move back into their trauma vortex separately if if that's available to you and that feels safe and good for you beautiful and if not it's like what can if you may hear tank in the background what can i do tank is the dog handsome tank so sweet um yeah he's a miracle child he was blown a mile and a half in a tornado and he's completely fine right tank talk about dark night like yeah dark night and a half um yeah he should be on the podcast so (laughs) um so anyway i think that it's within the window of tolerance tapping into the trauma spaces or the trigger places and rather than seeing externally how can they make it safe or how can this be changed or how can this person show up it's like what can i do right what is within it's like god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference yes right and it's like god universe spirit even self grant me this you know and i think when i started to really understand what is my zone of genius what can i control what can i control what am i resisting that's not in my control what am i allowing so cumulatively i would say everyone's roadmap looks different separately I don't want somebody to hear this and think they have to do all the things right like I know I had no energy so this was a slow build slow build you know how people say slow burn this was a slow build (laughs) and it was just gently gently re-regulating my nervous system coming back to baseline facing different traumas speaking through in therapy EMDR trauma work which I've done on and off for a long time coaching re-seeing my dreams right re-seeing like why am I here what what's the whole purpose of this thing because we we said before we lost it right and right passion come on honey i love passion but you're you really are my mirror (laughs) thank you and i'm shaking i'm like dancing for people who are listening (laughs) it would be so fun i can't wait for the day that we speak on stage together right yeah so good so good but yes finding that passion right and also I think accepting in moments where we can't and saying that's okay and for me honestly a big part of coming out of my journey and I'm not here to tell anyone to go on or not go on medication medication did really help me I don't think it's a lifetime journey for me um SSRIs separately for me it got me back to a point 
where I could sit up. I could use the tools that I had learned, right? I know meditation and, you know, all the, I studied in India, like I get it, right? But like, I didn't have energy to do that. I was like, meditation, you bunny, honey. Like, uh, <laughs> and so, but it got me sitting up so that I could use the tools. And I wouldn't say medication did the work for me, but I would say it saved my life in allowing me to be here with that statement that I mentioned before in cumulative, yeah. Yeah, and some people need that crutch in that moment, and that's right. What that. Exactly, exactly. And it's your your rock, rock, rock. Body. Right, right. So you can you can start to build from there. Exactly, know? exactly. And I think you know there are people that have situational um, depression or situational depletions in the brain, and then there are also people who may have more chronic depletion. And I say this with so much love and kindness, in that I've worked with different mental health populations. And I think it's like, you know, some people have diabetes and they take insulin. Some people have, you know, blood thinners, whatever it be. If it, if it needs to be a part of your life, it needs to be a part of your life. As long as you're choosing from love and truth, that's beautiful. And I think just, I would invite people, even if you feel as though you need medication, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with who you are. You are probably a sensitive human soul who is having a deep experience. And that's what we come here for, to learn, to grow, to transform, and to feel. It's like we're not a robot. So if you're feeling and you're healing and it's deep and it's heavy, it's like, I see you, you know? So beautiful, my love. We are complicated little house plants. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm not good with the regular plants. I have one behind me. I'm doing great. That's a snake plant. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, that was lyrical and beautiful. And yeah, that plant you only have to like water. I think it's like once a week. Um, and so she's living her best life. But the other plants, I won't show you. <laughs> you know, humans are just—we go through it. We go through it and there's, that's what the nature of life is. It's change, mm -hmm. you know, and it's funny how we resist that, but that is how nature works. That's mm -hmm. the law. It's change. Like the seasons, what happens during the seasons, the same thing, you know, the, the, the animals, the, the plants, the trees, they all go through their own dark night. Mm -hmm. And just like women, I always, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, women, when we're on our menstrual cycle, that is a change you know, every single month. It is a dark mm -hmm. night of some sort that we go inward and, and we feel and we cry mm -hmm. and we might feel insecure and we might feel a certain way. We might not feel as sexy and powerful as we were when we weren't on our right. <laughs> ovulation. I'm like, Oh, come on over. Honey. Yes. And then, yeah. And then during my winter, which is my bleed, right? Cause ovulation is your summer. For those who are listening that have no clue what I'm talking about. We have four seasons during our period. So basically winter is the bleed is going inward is darkness is death. Right. And then, and comes fall or autumn, we're starting to gain more energy and attraction and things like this. And then comes summer, which is ovulation. It's also peak fertility. It's a time to be out, about, dancing. Woo! Nice. Then comes spring and we start shedding and starting coming back into our winter. Totally. The feminine is such a beautiful example of like mm -hmm. cyclical and permanence, right? You know, so yes. it's a good reminder when we're, when I'm going through a t difficult time, I'm like, this is literally just like when I'm on my period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, right. I love I, And something I love is cyclic impermanence. So it's like the law of impermanence, I think is what it's called, but I call it cyclic impermanence. And it's essentially my 
choice truth, I choose this truth, is that as I let go of what's no longer healthy and safe, I make space for either that or something in a different form to come back that's even more healthy and more safe. But if I can't let go of it, there's nothing that can cycle in, right? Currency. Absolutely. That's how you uh, invite abundance in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Letting go. I know. If you told the young me that, she'd be like, uh-uh, honey, I can't let go of this. <laughs> exactly. But how much easier said than done it is, right? It's a practice. It's just it's a, a practice. practice. It's mm-hmm. every day. It's not you get to a certain point. You're like, that's it. I'm done. No more mm-hmm. growth. I've done mm-hmm. oh, right. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I think it's also like pausing along the way. Cause I think that I used to be like, okay, let me take literally perfect analogy, a car from New York to California and get here as quickly as possible. And it's like, okay, did you enjoy the journey? Heck no. Are you at the destination? Yes. Separately this time, right? I took it so slowly and I stopped and I enjoyed the view and I tried to different hotels and beautiful coffees and a bath and like literally I was like yes right using my senses to arrive into the present moment knowing that even if I'm climbing the ladder of growth or climbing the mileage to destination that's where the magic is in the experience to get there and I think for me like having had near-death experiences you know and we come to the close of our lives and I've never crossed over. I haven't like seen anything, but I've been on the brink of um, near-death experiences. And basically, you know, I don't even remember exactly what I thought in those moments, but I remember what I thought after those moments. And after those moments, it's like, am I living my best life, right? What is my best life? Am I surrounded by people I love? Am I being true to myself? Am I standing in my power? Am I leaving love on earth for when I go, right? And also, it's not just essence, it's ego, honey. My ego wants to have a good time while it's here too, right? Yes. Right, exactly. Right. Like all the things. That's why we're yes. we're, mm-hmm. we're physical beings experiencing right. through the five senses. You know, exactly. We want the ego to also feel mm-hmm. happy. like a little doggy. You got to train it. You know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think you know, it's like a healthy, integrated ego. I'm learning to compliment myself. I'm learning to be proud of myself. I'm learning to say. I get to be a motivational speaker one day and it's coming from so much love, right? Like I have so much I want to share with people and just, I feel like I'm a channel. Like it's me and spirit, me and God on stage and whatever comes through is not even me, right? And there's my ego. That's like, I like the standing round of applause and I'm like, honey, you're cute and you're allowed. You're allowed. You're allowed to be like, damn queen, you look good today. Like, Yes, you're allowed to. Exactly. There's no shame in that, and there's yeah. no killing the ego or not mm-hmm. having it exist. It's like, no, as long as we're alive in this body, like we're mm-hmm. going to have an ego, mm-hmm. and the goal, like you said, is to have an integrated one, right? One that is like honorable, one that is loving, one that's compassionate, one that knows, you know, how to act and right. how to hold back in certain situations. Yes, exactly. The puppy, the yeah. puppy, exactly that, and it's like. One who doesn't make the decisions, but feels safe with the decisions that are being made by our present and highest self. 100% trusting, learning to trust those decisions mm-hmm. that come through from mm-hmm. that, that you know, intuitive hit that we might get. 
every now and again. So true, my love. Oh my God, so you are beautiful. Such a beautiful light. You are such a beautiful light. I am so lit up by this conversation and I guarantee you that there's going to be so many people that are going to listen to this and are going to feel so seen by you, love, because truly you are the embodiment of strength and resilience. And I said this before and I'll say it again because it's, I, it's so true. I just, I, I have no words because you're Thank just so you. powerful. Thank you. You're so, you, you, you express yourself so beautifully and Thank I'm just so honored to know you and to have you in my life. And so proud of how far you've come and how like incredible you are. So thank you. And truly, I am so grateful to be here. So grateful to look at you and see a mirror. So grateful for your strength, your resilience, your heart. I mean, you are a powerful empath. You are a goddess warrior, all things in between. And I just, yeah, I feel like divine timing that we get to connect in this way. And I really hope, like I pray, I even will say the prayer, like may this podcast land on every single heart and every single ear that needs to hear it. And may you feel seen, heard, loved enough and appreciated. And may you know that I promise you after darkness comes light. And so it is. Oh, amen to that. Yes. Thank you so much. Before we hop off, like share with the audience if you have any offerings or anything special going thank on, you. your your Instagram, your handles, like all that stuff. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I would love to connect with whomever is listening and hear what landed most or what you may want more content or support around. And um, so my Instagram is Danielle Nicole Prizer, which the spelling will be in the podcast. I also have a website. I also have a nonprofit, One Special World, both the website and the Instagram will also be in the bio. Um, and essentially I work with people in different capacities. So I do do workshops and seminars. I do meditation instruction. I do speaking. And then I also am a private and group coach and I am launching my signature offer, which is called the empowered you. And it's for people with the huge hearts who really already are empowered, right? We're just coming back to that awareness to really take the love that they so readily pour out into the world and pour it into themselves and heal from burnout, overwhelm, overgiving, to really freedom, energy, and self-love. And we go into, you know, what is people pleasing and why and boundaries and inner child work and shadow work and dating ourselves and all this juice. And at the end of the day, just the people who have already signed up, it starts April 19th. So I'm not sure if they'll hear this before or after, but I'll have another cohort. Um, are such beautiful empowered people and just we rise together right the strongest forces of power of togetherness and when we see just like i'm seeing right now such like-minded beautiful souls that we can complement them and then complement ourselves right that's when the world changes for sure oh so so beautifully said yeah, thanks so much beauty. i appreciate you and i appreciate you for us to talk on that stage and to continue working together and yes. giving life to this beautiful connection that we have. Thank you so much. You're an angel. We'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share this with someone you love and don't forget to subscribe. If you're interested in working with me, find me on www.yasminelzamore.com and make sure to also follow me on Instagram at yasminelzamore for some daily inspiration. Love always, humanity feels.